Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now. Your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, February 27th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking about the fight in New York to decriminalize sex work. On Monday, over 100 sex workers, state lawmakers, and advocacy groups gathered in Manhattan's Foley Square to mark the launch of a new coalition called Decrim New York. The group's goal is to make New York the first state in the U.S. to decriminalize sex work. This fight isn't new. Sex workers have been organizing around this issue for a long time. But now, Decrim New York is pushing the movement forward with energy, conviction, and the critical support of a few elected officials. So today, I'm talking with Broadly writer Marie Solis to get the full story. Hi, Marie. How are you? Hi, Sophie. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Let's start with you telling us about Decrim New York. So... When was this coalition formed? Who is it made up of? And what's their strategy? Decrim New York is a coalition whose mission it is to decriminalize sex work in New York State. Uh, It formally launched on Monday. I was there at the rally in Foley Square in Manhattan. It was really cold, um, but there were about 150 people there who were really excited to be there. The coalition itself is made up of more than 20 New York-based social justice groups, as well as individual activists and current and former sex workers. So that includes organizations like Make the Road New York, Housing Works, the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, and New York Transgender Advocacy Group. So the idea is to kind of combine these efforts and resources that these groups have because, you know, they're serving marginalized groups and fighting for immigrant housing and LGBTQ rights. And these communities and issues are all related to sex work and related to the people who are targeted by the criminalization of sex work in New York. And that's one of the coalition's messages, too, is that all of these issues are intertwined and intersecting. How do they talk about that? A lot of the speakers at Monday's rally were trans women and trans women of color. And a lot of them talked about um, coming to sex work because they had been discriminated against as trans women in other jobs that they'd had or because of, you know, what we know about poverty levels in communities of color and in LGBTQ communities, a lot of these women turn to sex work just to keep a roof over their heads. And so stories like that really illustrate the way all of these issues are intertwined. If you don't have secure housing, if you don't know how you're going to pay your rent the next month, if you're being discriminated against at your day job and it's making you 
unable to work there, this is an option for a lot of people. And the mission of Decrim New York and, and its message is that sex work is work. And it is a legitimate job that you can have and that should be available to you without you being criminalized for doing that work. Yeah. And one of the things about this campaign that seems particularly new and exciting and kind of unprecedented is the number of lawmakers who are speaking up on behalf of this cause. Who are some of the elected officials that are involved and what are the laws specifically that they're trying to change? Yeah, that was definitely something a lot of people emphasized on Monday was just, you know, this has been a long ongoing movement to decriminalize sex work. But this moment was really special to people because there were so many lawmakers who were coming out and standing alongside them. Um, So some of those people are New York State Senators Julia Salazar, Jessica Ramos and Brad Hoylman. And then there are uh, New York State Assembly members, Richard Godfrey, Dan Court, and Catalina Cruz. And they have all aligned themselves with Decrim New York. And Salazar and Ramos penned an op-ed on Monday in the New York Daily News. And so they were talking about plans to introduce legislation that would rewrite the state's penal code to decriminalize the sex trade in New York. One of the things that that includes is doing away with the rape shield exemption that currently applies to sex workers. And a lot of people don't know about rape shield laws at all, and they definitely don't know about how they apply to sex workers. So just to talk about that a little bit, basically rape shield laws mean that if you go to court because you are alleging sexual assault, Your personal sexual history can't be used as evidence against you. But that's not true for sex workers under the current New York state law. So if a sex worker has been sexually assaulted and they decide to try to litigate that in court, their history as a sex worker can be entered as evidence against them. So at the rally, Julia Salazar also mentioned a penal law that makes, quote, loitering for the purpose of engaging in prostitution an offense. So, you know, she was talking about how this basically criminalizes sex workers just occupying public space. And that, of course, fits into an ongoing problem where trans women and people of color are, you know, already being targeted by police and profiled by law enforcement. So one thing I'm curious about is why now? The fight for decriminalization has been ongoing for a long time, but Decrim New York is sort of infusing this movement with new energy. And I know that some of the elected officials you mentioned who are speaking up on behalf of this cause are are new to office. They were elected during the midterms. Can you talk about those changes on the state level. And then I also want to talk about the FOSTA-SESTA legislation on the federal level, which is legislation that was passed in 2018 that had a really big and, and pretty negative impact on sex workers' safety and ability to do their work without harm. I packed a lot in there, but we have the state and we have the federal changes that are all kind of contributing to decrim New York. So the question is, why now, Marie? So there has been a lot of talk about how the the political winds 
around this issue have shifted. So yeah, breaking it down into the state and federal level is really helpful in this case because, you know, I think we talked about on this podcast about the progressive women who were running down ballot in New York State last year. Um, Many of them were trying to unseat more centrist Democrats from these state offices. And so Julia Salazar, Jessica Ramos, and Catalina Cruz are three women who won in November and who now hold seats, again, that were once held by by people who may not have been so outspoken on this issue if they had supported it at all. So I think that that's part of the tipping point in New York in particular, is that now you have these women who want to be advocates on this issue and have seen how it affects their communities, um, Jessica Ramos especially. And then on the federal level, last year, President Trump signed FOSTA-SESTA. So just to backtrack, FOSTA stands for Fight Online Sex Trafficking, and SESTA stands for Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. So these are twin pieces of anti-sex trafficking legislation that came from the House and Senate, Trump signed them into law in April. And basically what they do is require website publishers to be held accountable for any ads on their site that have to do with the trade of sex, ostensibly, you know, to crack down on online prostitution rings. And this legislation got broad bipartisan support, including from lawmakers who are now some of the 2020 Democratic frontrunners. So Bernie Sanders supported this, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, Liz Warren, etc. And it got so much bipartisan support because these pieces of legislation were seen as positive efforts to curbing sex trafficking. But what happened instead is that a lot of the sites, sex workers who are engaging in sex work of their own volition, the sites that they used to more safely do their work were shut down and it it forced them back into the shadows and left them really vulnerable to danger and sexual assault. And, you know, as we were saying earlier, a lot of people turn to sex work for financial reasons and that, you know, Not being able to access those sites and use those resources meant, you know, being at risk for homelessness and and financial insecurity. And one of the things that those online sites, some of those online sites helped with was like vetting clients to make sure that they had a safe track record and communicating with other sex workers to sort of share experiences so that they could avoid harmful situations and harmful clients. So just to clarify, like those are some of the things that were happening on the sites that now no longer can happen. Absolutely. Sex workers have built these communities where they're looking out for each other and like you said, vetting clients and are constantly in communication with each other to try to keep each other safe. So just a few months after FOSTA-SESTA passed, a trans woman um, spoke to Broadly and she said, I tried to go back to clients that had sexually abused me or crossed my boundaries out of desperation for money, including one who had directly sexually assaulted me. So instead of 
helping victims of sex trafficking, what this law did was put sex workers in direct lines of danger. And so part of moving the conversation forward on the federal level and just raising awareness had to do with sex workers speaking out about how FOSTA and SESTA was affecting their everyday lives. Yeah, so let's talk about Monday, which was the celebration of Decrim New York's launch. And you were there at the rally, and it seems like there were some pretty powerful stories shared. You shared some tidbits with us already, but can you talk about a few of the speakers and kind of the messages that they were sharing? Yeah, so as you said, I gave you a little hint about this the story earlier, but I think one of the the most powerful testimonies came from a trans woman named Jennifer. She is a leader at Make the Road New York. She was speaking in Spanish and she she was telling her story about how she had worked at a hospital as a nurse, but she at the time was transitioning. And during her transition, she suffered a lot of discrimination and humiliation. Um, people would embarrass her and and humiliate her in front of patients and use the wrong gender pronouns to refer to her. And so she talked about how that informed her decision to start doing sex work. But then she talked about how just this past summer she was at her apartment and she said that multiple police officers came to her apartment and that she was arrested for doing sex work. Another really powerful story came from this organizer, Julie Sue. She is with this organization, Red Canary Song, which is an advocacy group for Chinese migrant massage workers. And this organization actually formed after a woman named Yang Song fell to her death in November because police had attempted to arrest her for allegedly engaging in sex work, and she she fell out of a window to to her death. So these are obviously some really painful stories for the members of this community to to talk about. But the mood of the rally, like it can't be emphasized enough, how excited people were to be there and how meaningful it was to them that these elected officials were there lifting their voices. And I think that. It really did feel to a lot of people like a watershed moment in this movement in New York State. Yeah. So what do you see happening as we look forward? What are some of the changes uh, you think we'll see first? I think that we're seeing so many issues that were once considered fringe or taboo to talk about in mainstream political discourse start moving to the center. And, you know, the people who have been at the core of this movement, which those people are sex workers themselves, they're the ones who've been moving this forward. They haven't been waiting around for elected officials to catch up. But, you know, now the pressure is on. If you have to vote on a piece of legislation in Albany, um, you have to take a stance on this issue, educate yourself about it, and start listening to the stories of sex workers. I think that's a really nice note to end on. So thank you so much, Marie. Thanks, Sophie. 
You can read the full story at broadly.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure to tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.